Welcome to Boxed Up Banter. I am Chris Okamura. Joining me as always, Mr. Jordan Christmas. Jordan, how you doing? Uh, doing good. Um, little, little tapered off since the Harden trade first happened. That's expected with the honeymoon period. You know, now we're just figuring out how the pieces work. Looking to see how this MVP race finishes. It's going to be one of the most insane MVP races I can remember in a while. Um, and yeah, there, can you believe there's like 15 more games left in the regular season? Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Yeah, it's just the season fly is flying by. Which is crazy to think of like, we, we I, I know we keep bringing it up, but like the amount of games that we've had over the last like year and a half since we started doing the podcast, right? The amount of years and the or amount of games that have been played. Yeah, kind of nuts going all the way back to um yeah the bubble and then yeah right into last season and then right into it right into this season it's kind of uh the the legs are probably tired for some players i'd imagine but um hopefully things normalize a bit once uh next season once next season rolls around and we're kind of on a normal clock you know yeah no totally get it it's uh I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing what happens this off season, like with the kind of our first full off season in a while, in a minute. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause last, cause uh, last off season that started in like what August ish or basically the end of the, uh, the end of uh, at the end of the final, the finals ended in July. Yeah. Now we're going to get a, normal off season draft season is coming up march madness is around the corner i'm very excited for march madness this year too yep kevin o'connor released his ringer guy his annual ringer guide so you know it's draft time by the way kevin o'connor is those, those draft guides are absolutely fantastic oh they're, if you imma- don't know, they're immaculate if you don't know them already please if you want to know about any prospect go ahead go there we'll probably do a draft breakdown after the tournament or you know if something big happens We'll do our our draft breakdown like we did last year, but yeah, I it, it's a it's such a great resource to have. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I haven't honestly, I haven't watched a single college basketball game this year. Uh, I'm probably going to be cramming like three games <laughs> of each pro of each pro, which is honestly that's probably the best way. I've heard that's like the best way to evaluate prospects if you want to get into like the drafting side of things. I'm not like a serious like scouting and cramming thousands of hours of film because I think you can talk yourself into a lot of things if you watch a lot yeah. of hours of something. And so the bet I think the the best thing is probably, you know, three three games, you know, of every prospect. The best game, the worst game, and an average game where they're not really, you know, scoring a lot, but you see if they're gonna do other things on the floor, you know? And um I'm looking forward to seeing them. I have seen some uh I have seen some, you know, clips and runs, video, like, longer video clips of, like, you know, Chet Holmgren, um, Ban- pa- Paolo Ban- uh, Banchero, um, Jabari Smith I'm, looks so interesting. I'm not a big, I, I, know, I don't want to get too much into it, but, like, I'm not a big Banchero guy. I just don't, 
I'm not as I have to see more. I have to see. I have to see more of him before I come up with a definitive conclusion. You know. No, for sure. I I just I don't. Not that I don't understand it, but like there's just a lot of hype around him, and like there's a lot of talk that he could break into the top two against Holmgren and 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 Smith. Mm-hmm. You don't see but it. I just don't see it personally. But again, I've been wrong before. Yeah. Um. But again, like for me, for me, I just doesn't tickle my fancy. I don't well, know. Speaking why. of prospects that you know, I still hold out stock and hope for. Uh, my Marvin Bagley, the third stock, you know, which admittedly I was starting, the diamond hands were starting to crack a little bit, uh, <laughs> under, understanding that, you know, he was injured a lot in Sacramento and didn't have the optimal, the ideal role or roster fit around him. He's looking pretty good in Detroit. And yes, playing with Cade Cunningham has something to do with it. But yesterday, the Pistons were playing the Heat, and Marvin Bagley was fantastic in that game. I watched, I watched all of that game, even without, <laughs> even without Cade playing yesterday. Marvin Bagley looked really, really good. Um, definitely, definitely should ne- have never been drafted over Luka Doncic, but. Um, I still think he's really talented and I still think he can make an all-star team or two if he reaches like his full potential. Cause I, I just like his skill set. Um, and playing with somebody like Cade is just going to help him immensely. Yeah. The, the Cade it's, you know, it's the same thing of just, just having a, a top level offensive creator raises the offensive floor of everything in mm-hmm. your entire offense, like it just raises the floor, right? So. He's a Cade's special man. He's special. He's not rookie of the year, by the way. I just want to. No, he's not. He's not. And I've, I've, I follow some people on for uh, on Pistons Twitter, right? And they're all apoplectic that it seems like Mobley's going to run away with rookie of the year, and they're using the argument of, oh yeah, he's playing with two all stars and all that stuff. No, like Evan Mobley. Yeah, he's had some bad games here and there. But he's been consistent all year, and the separator is he could legitimately make an All NBA defensive team this year as a rookie. Like that yeah. fucking matters. I might, you know, I've gone back. I've told you, like, you know, we've talked on this pod about Cade before, and you know, we thought the world of him. But then, you know, I secretly really loved Evan Mobley in the draft, and I thought he might he might end up being the best prospect but it's really a toss up between those two cuz Cade's feel for the game and especially since he after he got off to that slow start which was hampered by an ankle which again not his fault but you have to factor factor in the circumstances when you're talking rookie of the year he did start off slow but since around the mid December to the new year He's been fantastic, and he's every bit the part of a franchise player. Like, I thought when people would compare him to Luka, I thought it was overstated, but he kind of does have some Luka light in his game in that he plays at his own pace. He's a big guard. He can get his shot whenever he wants. He could just mosey to his spots on the floor. And not only that, he's a big body, so even when he does get by you, and he's not the quickest. He's strong and can stay on and can stay on his line to the basket. Like Kate, mm-hmm. Kate Kate's that dude. He's that dude. Yeah, it's a, mean, spe- it's a special he, rookie class. I think he was the one that he. I brought him up the first one of the first discussions we had about prospects. I was like, I love Kate. Yeah, like, I, I yeah, I love Kate. He's he's, he's gonna be really good. And remember, the question that I had coming in was like, can he shoot? 
and like can he consistently shoot and like he's starting to nail it and it's mm-hmm. it's looking scary well the pistons have what only lost like two games since the all-star like there you know yeah. it's the end of the season well teams are still competing and the pistons are finding their stride late in the season but uh i watched the pistons celtics game the other day where Cade was the best player on the floor for like three quarters and that's mm-hmm. with Jalen Brown on the floor Jason Tatum the Celtics defense has been the best since the new year they have been one of the best teams in the league and Cade was just controlling the game he was getting to his spots scoring passing assist that guy's special he definitely is the on-ball defense is still a little bit of a question for me going forward but his off-ball defense is prime I could see like prime Danny I could see prime Danny Green-esque off-ball defense and transition defense from him already. If he, if they somehow get Chet Holmgren in the draft too, Mm -hmm. I, that's like my dream scenario. I would like, I would be over the moon excited. He would fit fit off Bagley too, by the way, because Chet Chet Holmgren can actually shoot. Yeah, he can stretch. And he can protect the rim too, um, Mm -hmm. while Bagley can, you know, occupy the spots on the floor as a roller you know what i mean so the pistons def the the main thing is the pistons have their guy and then they can just build up once you find the guy you can just build off that i'm very excited yeah i'm, I'm very excited for it it's, I, a, it's a special rookie class i mean, we talked about it already the the league is so full of talent right now it's really fun and exciting to watch yeah it yeah. Um, did you catch? Did you catch any I, I of? Uh, a, there's no boring team in the NBA right now, which is really cool. Yeah, even the Pacers, who I thought were the most boring team in the fucking NBA this year, after the uh, Sabonis Halliburton trade, they've become all of a sudden intriguing to me. Like I'm actually yeah, more inclined. I'm actually more inclined to watch their games. Like I am interested to see how um. Brogdon and Halliburton not ultimately fit, but they're both ball handlers. They could shoot, they could pass. I think they'll be. I think it'll take time, but they could fit together. They have the skill set, which is what I've liked to would have liked to see Sacramento do. Give the Fox Halliburton backcourt time. I I don't know if I'm still like a fan of the trade, um, for the Kings. Um, but that's based off of how I would build the Kings. Not. I'm not Monty McNair or under the pressure of Vivek Ranadive to win now um, or win soon in the next year and a half. So um, that definitely factors in, but I wouldn't have done that trade. But there is no, there's a lot of interesting teams and it's not really the, um, because there's that criticism for a while that everybody's been playing the same or whatever. There's, there's There's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of diversity. Like you got the Phoenix Suns who just, maul you in the mid-range and their offense flows off of that you got the bucks who are giant the cleveland cavaliers start three seven footers you know Mm -hmm. um the nuggets Jokic is a goddamn point guard in a center's body um there's just a lot of teams that play in a lot of different ways now i don't think it's one singular monolith that no everybody makes it out to to see because it's not yeah like you're saying it's not a copycat league anymore and like i i think that term all, every team now is just trying to figure out like what works for us, and you can see on a nightly basis like the teams that don't have it figured out yet, like they're experimenting and trying to figure it out, right? Yep. And like that's really fun to see, rather than them trying to like 
force a, a style they're really looking for like okay how do we how do we work this out how do we get this going and it's fun to see it's fun to watch mm-hmm. yeah um, totally agree oh so <laughs> i told you i had a rant oh yeah told, you, you had a you had a basketball rant i told you not to tell me until we started the podcast it's not it's not, it's not so much a basketball rant and like you working in journalism you'll <laughs> you'll i don't know if you'll appreciate this or not you, you probably will you're probably on my side it's a pet peeve. It's something that I'm not. And it's no one in particular. It all the talking heads, all the radio people, all the journalists, everyone writing, ev- like everyone on TV. Everyone, everyone does this. So it's not. It's not a particular issue with one person. But I'm sick and fucking tired of this person is the best blank, other than blank. I hate it. Fuck. I hate that sentence. I hate the statement. Fucking! If someone is the best in the world, other than blank, then they're not the best in the fucking world. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, it, this, yeah, I could, I see what you're saying. That just seems like, like a very. There's a lot more phrases and pet phrases in journalism and TV that I hate more than that. I'm gonna be honest, but I get what no, you're I, saying. <laughs> there's more. There's there's other ones that annoy me more, but I've I've noticed that one quite a bit. Of like, yo. Uh, so you're re- yeah they're really saying like, that that player's in second place he's the yeah, best in the world other than you know yeah like you hear it with like on like dame is the best shooter in the world other than steph curry and it's like well he's not the best shooter in the world like he's the second best shooter. like oh, oh. Yeah. it's so irritating and it's so, it's so like semantic and like bullshitty i just i hate it or you mean you more more at more accurate you mean like Dame is the best uh, deep range shooter in the league, other yeah. than Steph. It's like, well, it's like, oh my God, DeAndre Jordan just missed an alley oop dunk, a wide open dunk. I am going to scream into this mic during this podcast. <laughs> so, so now you know the pain of having DeAndre Jordan. I never wanted him in the first when it was first reported that we were the favorites to land him. I almost threw up. <laughs> like he sucks. Like I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a good dude. In his prime with the Clippers, he was at his peak, an all a first team All NBA defender, a great rebounder. But he stinks now. He can't finish layups. He can't jump as high as he used to. He gets destroyed in pick and roll. He gets smoked on the post. He got smoked by Jokic the other day. It's we the Sixers are gonna have problems with their backup center, a la 2019, when. In Game Seven against the Toronto Raptors, Embiid was a plus ten in forty six minutes, and in the two fucking minutes Greg Monroe was playing, the Sixers were like a minus twelve, and that was the game. In a game we lost by two on a Kawhi buzzer beater. This is this is exact. I'm getting flashbacks of this. I wish Doc would just play the damn young guys. Trust the young guys to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. But DeAndre Jordan, it seems like he's a solution. Doc thinks of him as a solution. And, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, no, he's I derailed not. the conversation. No, it's all good. Oh, yeah, he's just not a... Uh... Yeah. He's a... He's, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, it's weird because he show... There's, like, moments of, like, bursts of energy... Yeah, in the and Nuggets then, game, he caught a lob. He sucked the yeah. entire game. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, where did that come from? And it's always in a time that, like, doesn't matter. Like, it's not crunch time or, like, important spurts. It's like, 
it's like, oh, we're down 20 or we're up 20, and it's a total blowout, and you're just running up and down the court. Or it's, like a, sudden, mu- or it's like, like a mundane basket in the middle of yeah. the game or whatever. And then Not all of a sudden really he'll just momentum like, swinging or anything. Yeah, he'll just like surge up for a dunk and like he'll do something and you're like, where did that come from? Like in the, it, and I guess it's a good segue because I wanted to talk about this in the Embiid Jokic showdown on what was it Tuesday? No Monday. Yeah, Monday. Uh, yeah, Monday. Like the Sixers were up 19 in the second quarter. The minute Joel Embiid picked up his third foul and DeAndre Jordan had to sub in, I knew the Nuggets were going on a run. I I just knew. And what do you know? Jokic started getting a rhythm. He started attacking the Sixers in transition because the Sixers suck in transition on defense, especially when DeAndre Jordan is in. And Jokic just beat the Sixers' ass with passes, scoring. He he, and he caught his rhythm finally because in the first quarter he struggled. Um, I thought Joel Embiid actually, if you're talking about head up matchups, I actually thought Joel Embiid got the edge on him. Jokic started coming alive in the, um, as the game went along, but like Jokic started getting his rhythm once DeAndre Jordan got in and it, I was like, Oh great. This is curtains, you know, (laughs) (laughs) other than that, it was a great battle. I enjoyed it. Uh, even though we lost, which sucked. Um, and I think the Embiid Jokic debate is now officially the most annoying fucking debate in basketball from both sides, by the way. Like, I I guess I look, I'm a Sixer fan that looks at shit through a different lens because I'm not from Philly, never been to Philly, been on the West Coast my whole life. So I guess I look at things a little bit differently. Um, But both sides, and I'm not trying to like cop out and be like, oh, both sides are bad or whatever, but both sides truly are fucking annoying in this debate. Like... Nuggets fans will be like, Jokic has improved. He's a he's a good defender. I would grade him as like a B defender, B plus on most nights. But the way Nuggets fans act like he's improved so much to where he's closing the gap on Joel Embiid. Stop it, right? Like, just stop that shit, right? And then on the other side, then on the other side, Sixer fans will be like, oh, all Nuggets fans do is use advanced metrics to prop up Jokic and explain how good he is. Okay, let's just look at the raw numbers since we don't want to, since we just want to throw out advanced metrics, which I get some can be misleading, some formulas way different stats than others. But if you just want to throw out metrics and go with raw numbers, Jokic is averaging 26, 14, and 8 on 57% shooting from the field. From the field! That's pretty good. (laughs) Like, these are two of the best centers in basketball. I truly don't think there's a wrong answer. I would personally take Embiid. I think he has a little bit of a higher ceiling. But if you want to choose Jokic as the best center in basketball, I would slightly disagree with you, but I'm not going to hold you for that. Like, he deserved the MVP last year. And if you want Jokic also because – and. If one of the factors for you taking Jokic is durability, I'm not going to be mad at that either. Like, both of these guys are supremely talented, but can we stop fucking lying in these debates? I'm all for sports debates. Like, I grew, like in high school, you'd be at the lunch table with the homies talking shit, debating basketball, whatever. Jordan, we literally have a podcast that we're doing right now. That, that we're that, that comparing, we're literally... debating, whatever. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, because I think we've... I think P- 
people have gotten too snobby or they turn up their nose at the what is considered the typical sports talk jargon, right? Because they want to act smart and try to be above it, right? Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with sports debate. I welcome it. But we need to stop lying in these damn debates, right? Like, yeah. Jokic isn't just good because the advanced stat. He's good because he's fucking good. He's one of the best passers in NBA history, let alone already being easily the best passing center of all time. Right. Did you see him do the did you see him run the break the other night and throw the no look bounce pass? <laughs> yes, I watched the, the that was against my team. Of course I watched oh, yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like and Joel Embiid is also one of the best centers in NBA history. He could be the first center since Moses Malone, not Shaq, Moses Malone in nineteen eighty one, eighty two to average thirty points and lead the league in scoring, averaging thirty points. He could be the first center to average 30 since Moses. First center to lead the league in scoring since Shaq. Like, these are two special players that can dominate in different ways. We can hem and haw about their qualities, but let's stop lying. <laughs> right? And, yeah, no, totally and it's, with it's, you. It's, it's, and I've tried to resist saying it, but it really has become the most annoying debate in basketball because both sides, well, one, they're going to be dug in their heels, and I'm all for supporting your guy. You're... We're all sports fans. We're idiots. Like, we're insane. <laughs> we're going to ride and die with our guys, right? But, like, let's just stop with the lies. That's all. But that matchup was so fun. I was hyped for that game because when was the last time, like, really, since the power, for the power forward run that we had of Duncan, Garnett, Dirk, Rashid, Chris Webber, all that, but if you're just talking specifically centers – it's really been since the the nineties. No, I mean there's the era there's like the Shaq Yao era. Ooh. Sorry. I have the game on in the background. All good. <laughs> For the listeners. Um uh, and Embiid might have a sixty burger on his birthday. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he just hit a ridiculous step back three. This is what I'm talking about. Embiid has moves of a guard. Jokic is a point guard. These guys are special, man. And then I consider Giannis a center too. Like we are in, it's like an ancient prophecy that every. I, think, I, like, see, I view I view Giannis more as a power forward, but I, I can see I, him as a center. I did like the Bucks. The Bucks have won with Giannis as the like. Brooke Lopez is nominally nominally the center, but they close with Giannis as yeah. the center, and that's their best lineup, right? Yeah, um, but like like when when healthy, AD plays the four, and he closed with him at center. But like naturally, I think he's a four. I think Giannis is more naturally a five, and I think he's played more minutes than AD at the at the five. The five because well, also AD yeah, again, refuses. I'm not arguing. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. In my in my brain, I I my brain won't. Yeah, I get it. He's like a four to me. Yeah, the but. Bucks sometimes close with Lopez too. So, but I consider yeah, I think Giannis is best position. I think he's a center. Um. It's like some ancient prophecy that every 20 years we're, we have to have, like, or every decade we have to have a golden age of big men. And um, I think we, the centers, have now finally caught up to the skill. The pace and space. The, the well, pace not, and space three era. Well, not just the pace and space, but, like, the skill evolution. Like, the learning curve of having these skills. Um, yeah. It's just, it's insane. And so I got really hyped for this game. It's been... It, it had been since 2019 since Jokic and Embiid faced off against each other, and that's important because before 
because back then they were not the MVP candidate type players that we know today. Like it's kind of crazy. Both of them turned themselves into MVP candidates at the same time last year. They both got in great shape. They started dominating on a nightly basis and it's continued into this year. So it was really fun to just see two of the very best and not just at their position, like Giannis Embiid and Jokic bar none to me have been the best three players all year. I think they are the top three MVP candidates. I do not want to hear about weight entries like Luca, who started off slow and was definitely out of shape and didn't really start playing well till January. Same yeah. with Jason Tatum. Cause I know like every time someone has a big game now, um, everybody's like, Oh, this guy's in the MVP discussion. Now I was like, no, like, it's been Giannis, yeah. Jokic, and Embiid all year. Like, yeah, I don't think it's close. I think there's a, I think there's a clear gap, and then I think that there's like a second tier of guys. So you, so you the, finally took DeRozan out of your, th- out of your third spot. Yeah, I mean, it's just a thing of like. The did you, le- did you but, just want to recognize DeRozan's season? I do want to recognize DeRozan's season, and I still think he's like a dark. I, I still think he's a dark horse to like get votes, and like to be in the. I think he'll still be in the discussion. But, like, I don't think the way that the bull season's going and the way that, like, he's not... Because towards the end of the season, like, you expect MVP candidates to me close strong. It's, like, important to close strong. Mm. Where I, I haven't seen, like, the... Like, as they ramp into the playoffs, usually MVPs start to, like, ramp up their play. Like, you're seeing it with, like, LeBron and Luka and Tatum and, like, all these other guys that are, like, stepping into the playoffs and, like, starting to rev up. And you see, you know, again, with Jokic and Embiid, you start to see them ramp up where, like, DeRozan, and it could be his personality, too, where he's just not, he's just playing consistent. It's not, there's no, like, ramp up. There's no, like, oh, here, now he's stepping it up for the, for the playoff push here. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think he's lost a lot of ground. I think the, I think what has separated these three all year from everybody else, and what this is keeping in mind early in the season, Steph and Durant were kind of the early they got out of the gates quickly. Yeah. Right? They shot out like a fucking Steph shot out like a fucking can. Yeah. Um and by the way, uh Steph has been shooting a lot better since the end of January. He's kind of been back to his normal self. But that's besides yeah. the point. I think what separates these three, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid, is that they are clearly the 1A, 1B, and 1C of their offense. They've been carrying their teams on that end, but also, and definitely in Embiid and Giannis's case, they can both anchor a top 10 to 5 defense whenever they step on the court. And Jokic, he, he's held, he's honestly held it down for the Nuggets on the defensive end too. He's getting, and he's getting there. Jokic's defense this year is so much better. It's yeah, he's improved the last like two years. Like he's a legitimately like good defender now. He still has, he still can't protect the rim because he because he, he can't jump, and, and also he, yeah, he can't if you get him out on the perimeter and have him switching all the time or um having the guard come up to or having an offensive guard have Jokic's man set the screen and it's an ISO like I don't think Jokic would hold up long term right that's not what you want but Jokic is he's smart he's obviously smart he can process what's happening he has quick hands and he's a good positional defender right not your traditional type of center defender right and I do think he'd be better with a 
rim protecting power forward next to him ultimately but like both of these guys have all three of these guys have carried their teams on both ends of the floor at the most and on defense the most important position in basketball for the defense for on the defensive end which is the center um so that's what separates these three for me it's been and I do think because it's lately, it's been kind of pitted as like a like an Embiid Jokic two man race. Giannis should not be should not be ixnade from that conversation at all. No, like he's been do- especially like the last three weeks, he's been dominant and he's been dominant all season. I did think he started off slow, but slow for Giannis is like twenty eight points per game on fifty two percent shooting. Because <laughs> I, I think I that do, was I like his lowest it, to start I do the think year. There but. Is, um... Again, it's not it's not a good thing, but I think there is some voter fatigue problems. With oh Giannis. yeah, absolutely. Which is weird so, because they didn't want to vote for him last year because he hadn't done it yet in the playoffs, and now that he has the ring and he's considered, I mean, roughly a top forty player of all time. If we're just you know being conservative, now we don't we still have voter fatigue with him when. You like look. I'll be honest. Giannis is averaging the same stats as Embiid, and you know he is playing. He is a top three defensive player of the year candidate. Like he should be. It should be a three headed race. Like honestly, and yeah. In the last like two weeks, I think the national media at large has kind of narrowed it down to a two man race between Jokic and Embiid, and I don't think that's the case. No, but it's just a cleaner narrative. Yeah. To like. You know, Ramona so, Shelber might come in with her narrative voting process. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how it happens. <laughs> um, how things go. <clears throat> um, but uh, what about the uh, scoring explosions that have been happening? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nutty, and and not just scoring explosions, but like hyper efficient scoring mm-hmm. explosions. Mm-hmm. Like the Carl country- Anthony Towns on Sunday. The Kyrie thing the other night was insane. It was effortless too. That, yeah, that's the, and that's why. I mean, I still think his stance is stupid, and I the and uh, the discourse surrounding it was also stupid. Yeah, but yeah. um, this is why the Nets were. This is probably why the Nets were like, all right, like <laughs> this is why we want him part time because yeah. Kyrie is one of the most he's one of the great players ever like even with his like his career has been weird um and his when his career is over I feel like people are gonna have a difficult time trying to like find Kyrie's place in history and placing him uh among, like where his place is in NBA history but like he's one of the great players ever yeah right and this is why you stomach the uh the nonsense that comes with him usually um, cause he can <laughs> drop, well, it, it wasn't just, you know, obviously the pinnacle was the 60 points against the magic yesterday, but the guy dropped like 50 against the Hornets and that was effortless. I was watching a lot of that game. His shot was just, it's crazy how skilled he is. He's like a great shooter. He's one of the best finishers ever. He has one of the, he has the greatest handle I've ever seen. Like offensively, he can do it all. If he was like six six, <laughs> that would be the league would be like in fucking trouble, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, and then Carl Anthony. Well, before that, Carl Anthony Towns against the Spurs, he had sixty, 
but he had 32 in a quarter. In a quarter. And by the way, the Minnesota Timberwolves are 10 games under or 10 games over 500. And the video that I did on Carl Anthony Towns and how it's stupid that he's been labeled as a good stats, bad team guy is aging quite beautifully, I might add, just to pat myself on the back. I've just never, there's no way a dude that skilled is a good stats, bad team guy. Like you just got to build the right team around him. And I don't know if it's ultimately the championship winning formula, but the Wolves need something, man. They got young talent. Anthony Edwards is a baller. Um, D'Angelo Russell is weirdly important and has found his niche. And Carl Anthony Towns is a monster. They need some lockdown wing defenders. That's what they need. Yeah, well, I feel like they do. Um, Jaden McDaniels has been great, at least since the new year on that end. Um, I think Jared Vanderbilt has been fantastic all year. Anthony Edwards is solid, at least on ball. Um, just cause you know, he's big, he's athletic. He has a big yeah. wingspan. He, 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 he does the young kid thing where he gets lost ball watching quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and D'Angelo Russell, even though I, he'll still get burned, um, a lot, he tries on that end and he's gotten a lot better, um, on that end as well. The Wolves have put up some better, well, not lately, but for a lot of the season, they put up decent defensive numbers and Kat's never going to be the traditional rim protector, but that team is that team is solid man i like the timberwolves i was high on them going into the year just because i'm a carl anthony towns fan whether he has the mental makeup of a leader or a number one guy i really don't care about that i'm just looking at a guy that's averaging what he has career averages of 24 and 11 on 40 percent shooting and 50 percent from the field and no He's not the greatest big man shooter ever. Statistically, he might have the numbers, but for me, part of shooting means using your skill set in high leverage uh, situations, which Carl Anthony Towns has decisively not been a part of, and Dirk has been a part of many high leverage situations. So he's not the best shooter ever. It's Dirk. God. So I, I ended my Timberwolves I ended my Timberwolves praise by <laughs> denouncing Carl Anthony Towns as the greatest shooter shooting so big. Bring this up and like again, we grew up in the same era, so you're you're gonna completely understand where I'm coming from. Do you remember watching Dirk just carve up your team? Yeah. With like with like the most herky jerky fadeaway jumpers that you've ever seen you're like there's no way that's going in and then the the evolution of dirk too by the way because he started off as like a semi-athletic forward out of uh forward um for the mavericks he was dunking on people he would he would take guys off the dribble more often he would shoot it off the dribble not as often obviously as like say today's era but you know for that time it was he was like a unicorn right and then yeah. as the years went on and as the Mavericks started getting more uh more championship i guess or contender established building the right team around Dirk that's when he that's when you started seeing like the mid post stuff and his patented one leg like, fade away and stuff like that again, even as a fan like even when when he played your team and he caught the ball on that mid elbow. You just knew, like, oh, he's it's death. <laughs> it's he's scoring. Like, mm-hmm. if he caught the ball there, he is. He has the fade. He he could lower. He has that fucking stupid lower the shoulder, stick his tongue out, and like go in for a layup. Mm-hmm. Like, 
is all this shit. And whenever so you drive for a layup, it was all herky jerky mechanical, yeah. but it worked. So this is this is the funny thing, and you'll you'll know this too. Jokic does the same shit when he he catch, he has a thing where he catches on the top of the key, and he they he pump fakes he pumps the three and if they go for it or if they don't bite or if they bite at all he just drives to the basket and you're like this is in slow motion like fucking just like someone cut him off and but he's so strong he's so good at knowing like how to use that roly poly body and like shield the ball roly poly body <laughs> is there you, know, you don't understand entirely what i'm talking about he like he's he you're like it's slow motion like it looks i'm look i'm watching it i'm like i guys rotate like what's going on and but you're like no he can't you can't because he's too good a passer you understand that if you leave your man the ball's whizzing past your nose and then like he's sealed off his defender so he's just going to get a free layup and he and, and he's come up with like a variation of the dirk one like it's his uh sambor shuffle sambor yeah, uh, uh serbia is where Jokic is from um and he does like a little sides he takes one power dribble and sidesteps on one leg and yeah. launches just a high he has i don't i can't i'm trying to think of players that i've seen and we've obviously we've watched a lot of basketball in our lives played a lot of basketball i'm trying to think of guys that have had the insane touch that Jokic has on his shot because it just feels like whatever he throws up it goes, it in. goes in and yeah. it's not even like you know hit the back rim or whatever like that shit is like 85% net. It's crazy. Yeah. Like his like the clutch basket he hit over Embiid where honestly it could have been a foul on Embiid. Um but it was a it was a basket to put the Nuggets up from 2 to 4. Jokic was dribbling down in transition. He bumped Embiid and Jokic like flew almost out of bounds to his left and stuck his right arm out and shot the ball. It was like this weird running uh, runner out of bounds and he just swished it and I was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like he, he just throws up shit and it goes in it's so crazy and so his pass of, his passing is it's sublime dude dude so speaking of the one one leg thing did you see did you see the video that was going around I forget his name but he's a European prospect that shoots on one leg I have not seen that like even his set shot, he lifts his leg. No, I haven't. I haven't it's seen. Really you have to weird. send me a video after this podcast. Yeah, it's really weird. I gotta find it again. But yeah, I, everyone was laughing. I was like, all the comments were like, "Yo, he needs to get drafted. I need this shot in 2K." Like it's so. <laughs> weird. I've never seen any shot like it. It's very awkward. Yeah, I mean it. If you, if it goes in, it goes in. Your shot's your shot, you know. No, I to- I totally get it. It's just very odd. Yeah, it's that. De- there's definitely been some. Uh, there's definitely been some oddities um, with the uh, with players and their jumpers. Um, but hey, if it goes in, it goes in. Or you could be like Lonzo Ball or somebody and just put in crazy amounts of work into changing your sh- shot, and you end up just being a way better shooter as well. Like. It's it's funny like it's funny how there's like certain things we there's like baseline or bedrock ideals we have with basketball but players just defy those molds all the time and add new stuff. It's that's what's that's what's beautiful about the game of basketball. Yeah. No, it's it's 
it's a beautiful game, man. Also, Great. I I have I do have a I have one Bulls thought. After watching them all year, they've been one of my favorite watches. The injuries have sucked. DeMar DeRozan is king of the fourth. He's, you know, he gets to his spot. Nobody can do shit about it, and he's just going to bury mid-ranger after mid-ranger in your grill or muscle you off and drive to the basket, get to the free throw line. I think the Bulls, in terms of contenders, I just I don't see them coming out of the East. Like I have, I think I have to, and I know Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso have been out. Caruso just got back, but one being that small, relying on your backcourt to be your rim protection essentially, because Vucevic, while he's been better this year, still isn't ideal in terms of a rim protector or getting out and being able to play up to the level on a screen or switching. I have concerns about that. I think offensively, they might. They obviously they don't have as many concerns because, well, we'll see with Levine because he's been battling a knee injury for the last like month and a half or so, and it's been bothering him. And it's, he said it was something he wouldn't be able to address till after the off season. Um, but DeRozan too, and his playoff failures have been noted, and I can't forget that even though I think some of it is because LeBron just sunned the Raptors, but DeRozan has legitimately struggled in the playoffs in his career. Um, and I, I just, the, when it comes to the construct of this team, I just trust Miami, Boston, Philly. And yes, I know I, the last two pods I've said, like, we don't know what's going to happen with Brooklyn or whatever. Why do we keep considering Brooklyn? I think Kevin Durant and, Kyrie Irving's run the last week and a half has kind of reminded us all, including myself, that uh, that Brooklyn's the real shit. Yeah, that Brooklyn's the real shit when their big horses play. You know, <laughs> although Ben Simmons honestly might not be back at all. Um, no, I don't. I don't believe sound so. Like, it, like if Woj reported today that Ben, he reported that Ben Simmons had. Well, here let me let me pull up the the tweet so our listeners can get the accurate information because we're all about accurate information here at Box Out Banner. Sometimes, um, where is it? Ben Simmons has remained sidelined with an irritation of the L four disc of the lower spine in hopes that he can return for a couple of regular season games prior to the Eastern Conference playoffs. If you're trying to use like a f- two or three end of season games to ramp up to the playoffs and you might as well not even play Ben because not only that like Ben Simmons is one of the more idiosyncratic players ever like you have like trying to fit him specifically on a team especially cramming it this late into the season you might as I don't even know if it's worth it but hey we've seen crazier things happen um but Brooklyn does remind you that once Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving play, um, those they get any of the first two seeds want to face Brooklyn? <laughs> no, absolutely not. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but I have to. I, I am a, also the Bulls' record against the Eastern Conference contenders this year. I think they're defeated against them. They haven't won a single one. Um, yeah. I think they beat Cleveland once, but I don't think Cleveland's a contender. I um I don't even think that's a hot take. I just think that's 
I I just think that's not debatable. I don't think Cleveland's a contender. I think they're a good team. They have a great. Future. I think they could. I think they can make it tough on a on a contender. They can. It also it also depends on Jared Allen's health. But I don't think they're coming out of the East this year. But no, my, absolutely not. But my, but I think my, they uh, can make it tough, and they if if they could catch someone sleeping. Yeah, is my thing. But, but they're, uh, they're not going to make it through. But my point is, the Bulls haven't really beaten any of the top dogs. Like, if the Bulls play the Sixers, Embiid's going to average forty-five and thirteen, just straight. I'm telling you that right now. Like, they have no oh, answer yeah. for they have no answer for that man. They have no answer for Giannis. Uh, the Heat are hellhounds on the defensive end of the floor. I do have some concerns about their half-court offense, but they are hellhounds on the defensive end of the floor. Um, I think Boston could beat the Bulls in a series, and I actually think pretty handily because I think that I think their defense matches up well with the Bulls. The Celtics are easily the best switching team in the NBA um, and have been the best defense since the new year. I, I just don't – I can't take the Bulls seriously as a contender to come out of the East this year. And I've loved watching the Bulls this year. Like, they've been one of my favorite stories this year. I thought they were going to be an eighth seed. I had concerns about the defense, but then the defense was real. Then they just got plowed with injuries. Like, it's really in, it's really insane how many in, injuries the Bulls have suffered. And, look, every team suffered injuries this year, but Miami and Chicago, I feel like – I'm sure there's like two or three other teams I'm missing, but they've just oh, been found smacked it. with injuries. Okay. Well, while we're here, one of the la- I, I need you to live react to you seeing this jumper for the first time. Oh, am I am I doing a live reaction? Yes, I just sent the video to the Discord. Okay, let's let's see. I found it. God, oh, he's so a, oh, he's a lefty too. <laughs> oh so my, that is a it. that is a weird shot. <laughs> he like sticks his left leg up whenever he shoot. Hey, lefty gang though. Lefty gang will take it, but yo, this is a like. How do you go, like? It's so weird to defend this. <laughs> it is weird. Hey, but well, this is a highlight video, so I don't know his actual stats. He's making everything in this video, but um. Hey, it looks like it works for him. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not ripping him for it. Like, oh yeah, I it's just... definitely, it's definitely, yo, know, yeah, I'm not saying you are. It's definitely a weird shot. Like, that is not something that you <laughs> want to uh, teach you don't your kids. Teach the kid. Yeah, you don't want to teach the kids in the upcoming AAU circuit. You know, that's definitely <laughs> not a. Yeah, but hey, lefty gang. <laughs> yeah, so I. This video came across my feed the like the other week, and I was like, I need to show Jordan this. I was like, this is the weirdest shot I've ever seen. Yeah, it that's definitely. No, I've seen weird. I think I've seen weirder shots, but uh, that one okay, that fair. one's up there. This uh, one's up there. This one's this up is... there because well, Lonzo Ball's <laughs> original stroke comes to mind. Michael. Oh, King, you mean the windup? Yeah, Mike the... Michael Kidd Gilchrist definitely comes to mind. Well, with I don't know. Show. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember. Uh, how remember Booby? Remember how Daniel Gibson used to shoot? Yeah, well, his shot was well relative to the guys I just mentioned. <laughs> no, I know it's not as bad. Not his shot was more nor- normal. The worst to me. 
I forgot he earned that nickname Booby Gibson for those incredible Cavs playoffs runs. He, they were legitimate. Like, he had scorchers. Granted, LeBron was oh, yeah. the fulcrum. Like, Gibson had some scorching games. I remember, like, because I, I did root for I mean, LeBron. When you a have bit. LeBron, all you need to do is be a knockdown three-point shooter. And yep. he was in stretches. Mm-hmm. Like, he could yeah. he could knock it down. But, no, but do you remember? Because he, he had a little bit of the Lonzo, like, wind-up. Yeah. Where you pull it up from the side. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, because I remember I was playing basketball at the time. Because I think I was in high school. And I remember, I remember, I was like, oh, I always have the problem. I have, like, I'm better at it now. And, like, at the time, a big problem for me was I had a flared elbow. Mm-hmm. I would always flare on my elbow. Yeah. So, like, I was like, oh, if I do the Booby Gibson thing, and I, like, I, I, like, <laughs> I, like, windmill in from the side. Like my elbow is always straight because it's it's coming in right. It has to go in right to like fall up, and then it worked for like a little bit. And then I got really bad habits, and then it became a thing of like just everyone knew. Like as soon as I did the motion, everyone knew. It was I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yep, <laughs> my I would describe my shot as like half troubadour and half like uh, I try to get I try to keep all the mechanics tucked in and stuff. But I just. I the ball just picks up over my forehead naturally, like it's like a little bit back above my forehead than normal. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of the same thing. I shoot. My dad calls it like Jamal Wilkes. It's so like, it is, it's, a it bit... is unblockable though, because yeah, people just don't know when the fuck I'm gonna launch it when I wind up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little slingshotty, but like yeah. hey, it goes. It's a quick. Sli- get... It's a quick slingshot though. It's not that a uh, bull bullshit. The bull bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make that I... clear. Long talk, like real talk, and I know I'm gonna get some shit from this. No, I still believe that Bull Bull is a it could be developed into a reliable starter in the NBA. A starter? Yeah. Hell no. I still, I still have faith. No, I still have faith. But no, (laughs) he's a not. He's no. Bull Bull has become a novelty. I can't. No, I think rotation big. Okay, I could see the case. I, I could see that. I could see why. A starter? A, a yeah. starter? I think you could, like, I, not on a good team, but I think a team, I think he could start for a team. I'm, Again, not I'm, now. I'm speechless. I think, he I'm could speechless. That. I, think that, I think that's the ceiling. Oh, I know, you like mean, I know you mean not now. I just don't think not ever. <laughs> 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 like, I, I I am enticed by Bulbul's uh I'm enticed by Bulbul's measurements and all that stuff. But that guy I, I can never see him anchoring a great defense uh, uh, even a even a bottom 20 defense. And cuz he's too slow and he's too skinny and besides his three-point shot, what else can he really do? I just he, he has no feel. I just I I'm sorry. Like I I I've I'm out on Bulbul. Well, I was never really a big Bulbul guy to begin with. It was just I think he him and Taco Fall became like the meme of like oh shit, tall seven six or a Bulbul's case. Oh son of Bull, uh, son of Minute Bull, crazy ass wingspan seven three. Starting starting center though. Yeah, I wouldn't start him at center. I'd start him at power forward and like uh, play him at the four or whatever. Just have him stand out there. That's even worse. Like a- You're not playing him at his natural position. <laughs> I don't know, man. I th- I think he could come in, get some buckets. He could be he could be a big Lou Williams. Moses Moses Brown, 
is better than Bull Bull. I would <laughs> rather take Moses Brown over Bull Bull. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I, knew, I, I, even, I prefaced this. I knew I was going to get shit as soon as I said it. I was like, <laughs> I, I knew. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you're being a good sport about it because I am giving you all the shit right now. There, I oh, just, that's <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was coming because again, I just I. I think there's some untapped skill there. I think like I think he can come in and get buckets. Like he, again, he I'm sure he has some untapped skill that'll move him from the end of the bench to like the tenth guy on the bench. <laughs> I think he, I think he hones in and he focuses on what he's good at and just like get to the basket and I think he, I think he could do some stuff. Man, <laughs> I, I, I feel. I, Okay, honestly, like I feel the same way about Boban. Like I think Boban actually is a starting, a st- could be a starter, like, a starting level center. Okay, no, okay, what? No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up. Time out, time out, time out. I have to know what qualifications you need for somebody to be a starting center because if Boban was a legit starter on any team, that team is going to get destroyed defensively and offensively. They're going to be slow as hell. He's a novelty player. Like, like okay. he's a matchup based player. Fair. I mean, for me, for for to me, a starting level center, like I could start him at center and not feel horrible about it. Like I, I could start him and be like, "Yeah, we need to upgrade," but like we're like we're not we're okay with this for now. We're okay. Hmm. And like again, Bobon's the thing with Bobon is like he has clear strengths that i could work around as a coach or as a gm and be like okay like yeah he's matchup based yeah we can funnel him into boban or like whatever like there's like to me there's certain there's guys in the league where like i don't even know what you're good at like i don't know what you could what i could use you for and you're like oh they're just they're just like whatever where boban i think has very clear strengths where it's like oh if i put him in the right positions like we can like he is more than playable that's hardly that's barely often though like i i've had bo i've had bobon on my team he is very <laughs> ma- he is very matchup based like if we need if we need to hold off like a 73 290 pound moses brown you get Bobon in there. Dallas has used Bobon to match up against Embiid, which makes sense because Embiid on the block is usually stronger than everyone. Bobon is probably the only guy that's literally bigger than Embiid. So yeah, sure, matchup base. Sure, if he starts, that team is gonna be in the lottery pretty easily. <laughs> if that, yeah, if he is, I'm your- not, but I'm not mad about it. <laughs> like, like, I, mean, like, I mean, if your goal is to tank and get the high draft pick, sure, sign Boban, start him, play him, play him forty minutes a game. If you do Tom Thibodeau and run him into the ground, <laughs> but like a, a legit, like good starting center, no, no, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to stop you there. <laughs> like this, this is too much. Bobol, Boban, what other, what other uh, lumbering, awkward center whose last name starts with a B? Are you gonna throw in? <laughs> trying to think don't don't test no, me don't, <laughs> no no don't 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 th- <laughs> let me think like again different i'm, era, look, but- I'm looking i'm looking at all the standings right now i'm looking at the standing and looking at every team and thinking of their starting center the knicks would be worse the pacers would be worse the pistons would be worse 
<laughs> like, I'm I'm sorry. I I I, I can't I, I can't I can't subscribe to I can't subscribe to Mo, that. Mo, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba is a, a tall lumbering center that has Mo Bamba's been actually he's like he's good this year. He could shoot yeah, he and, he can, really well. and he can protect the rim and he can run like he doesn't have combat boots on like Bobon and Bulbul. <laughs> yeah. To to be completely honest, I was gonna bring up Mo Bamba talking about big centers with B. He he has uh I I think we talked about it. I. He's going to be an interesting restricted free agent this summer. Yeah, like I was really high on him in the draft, and again, I got I was also high on Hashim the Beat. So like I I, I was I was a Hashim the Beat guy too. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, again, I am ashamed to admit it. These people trick me. Okay, <laughs> they, they trick me every time. Um, but yeah, I you know I I was high on Mobamba, and I was like, man, maybe I was wrong, and like. No, these last like couple weeks have proven to me like no, okay, he's there's something here. I don't know what it is exactly, but like there's something. He's not horrible. Right. He's not his to be. Yeah, because Mo Bamba had you know at least one or two defined skills. He could block shots, and he had you know at least in theory he had the mechanics of a good jumper. Like he, like he, what? Whenever I saw him shot, uh, shoot the ball, like I wasn't thinking like, oh, that's a that's going to be he's never going to fix his jumper that's he's going to be a bad shooter i've always been a little higher on his jumper than uh a lot of people were mo bamba yes bulbul and boban no <laughs> like the hornets aren't calling the hornets aren't the hornets have been trash at the center position all year and i don't think montres harrell has really helped out surprise surprise um but the Hornets aren't calling Bulbul or Boban right now. I'll tell you that much. Or they haven't been all year. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think on that note. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I, it's like it's like you hit me with a left hook, and I haven't been able to recover from it <laughs> since. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I had my I had my bell rung early in the I third round. I knew as round. soon as I brought it up. <laughs> I knew as soon as I brought it up, it was going to cause some. You came some, in, you were just like, "Ooh, I'm gonna start some, some shit today." <laughs> <laughs> I chose violence today. <laughs> it would be hey, it would be violence for whoever team starts one of those two centers because it would not look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, man. So, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and end this episode off. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back hopefully next week. We've had some scheduling issues lately, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out and hopefully get back on a regular schedule as we ramp into the playoffs here. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. The B.O.B.